PFA. I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying you shouldn't. Like, okay, people who fuck corpses. Does it hurt the person? No, they're dead. They're not in there anymore. But it still should be a no. A big old <laughs> no. And just stop. Still should be a no is a very sensitively worded right. condemnation of necrophilia. <laughs> there are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Barf. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find. Centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. Oh my god. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? Well, it's that time of year when all the childrens are going back to classes, be that Yay! elementary school, middle school, <laughs> high school, maybe college. So our theme is School Sucks, uh, any movie set in or around that experience. Last week was my turn, and I brought Van Wilder 2. Uh, that was a little bit of an experience for all of us. Ugh. Sorry, gang. Ah, uh, yeah. Jay, this week was your turn, and what did you bring? Oh, I dug deep and went back to my childhood with 1999's 10 Things I Hate About You. Not a Which shitty movie, false. Jay. There are so many more things. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. We'll, we'll have a discussion about whether or not it's a shitty movie. Jay, before we get ahead of ourselves, you've got to give us an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. So here's All your right. setup. Uh, in an ill-fated attempt to seduce what you thought was the girl of your dreams, you have just sung a sonnet to her in the football stadium uh, and are now being chased by some slightly overweight but pretty goddamn fast high school security guards. Yeah, that uh, sounds like a situation I'd find myself in. Yeah, you really overestimated your ability to get away from these guys. You forgot that you've been skipping gym class for the last six months and, like, sprinting more than ten meters and you're just done. So in the 10 seconds before you get tackled by these security guards and drug off to the principal's office, sell us on this movie. A rebellious teen boy gets paid to tame a rebellious teen girl so they can have a dramatic breakup for the purposes of getting back together again. Six seconds. Casey, while I'm giving this performance of my life, you had been drinking on top of the school roof and you are just dumbfounded watching me do dumb shit. In fact, I'm you're cheering. so distracted and so drunk that you are about to stumble off. And in the last 10 seconds, as you fall four stories to your death, sell us on this movie. The kid from Camp Nowhere gifts a classmate an Australian hooker so he can bang her sister for the prom. Another two-week William Shakespeare romance. Seven seconds. What is up with William Shakespeare and his weird short-lived, like, did he not have love in his life? I didn't really pay attention in school. And actually... Whatever you say, I'm not going to pay attention to because he's dead. So, never mind. He didn't Sorry, I asked. intend them to be romantic. They were comedies. Yeah. You were supposed yeah. to be laughing at the children. The kids committing suicide? Whoa. Cool. Yeah, what a funny. wacky gang he must have ran with. Comic tragedies. <laughs> it was a thing. You have to remember that, like, Shakespeare wrote comedic tragedies and tragedies, and there's a very thin line that differentiates the comedic tragedies from the tragedies. Everybody was dying of plague. You couldn't relate to media that didn't have death in it. 
too unrealistic. Okay. There's going to be plenty Shakespeare hot takes during this episode, but let's first go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. Taming of the Ten Things I Hate About You is a delightful tale of one Cat Stratford, a mostly self-aware high school senior who has few friends and fewer love interests because she's a badass bitch and she is always bitching it up. I mean, I'm 100% pushing back on her being self-aware. She's, she's not. She's a late 90s contrarian. Yeah, I know we're supposed to marvel at how ridiculous her views are in the movie, and she's 100% a bitch in how she says them, but she's also not wrong in a lot of them. Like, time and place, cat. but, you know, you'll get there. You're young. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, she would say shit, and I was like, that seems like a normal human woman response to that, but <laughs> she's a bitch. <laughs> uh, you can say I mean, that about most of the script of this film, though. Yeah, like, it's, it's the 1990s. They're like, ew, don't stand up for yourself. Cat is fine with her self-imposed dating exile, but the new in town kid Cameron falls for Cat's sister Bianca. Alex Mack, bitch. Yes, Alex Mack to the four people who remember that show. I Casey. love that show. I was aware of it. I never watched it. Larissa Lanik will melt your heart. <laughs> a plot wrench gets. <laughs> a plot wrench gets thrown into Cameron's plan to date the beautiful Bianca when he learns her father won't let her date until her unwilling sister also dates. Cameron loses hope until his new mentor hatches a flawless plan. Manipulate a rich, popular jerk to bribe the weird student Patrick into dating Cat. I would have paid any amount to date Julia Stiles in 1999. I'd like to call you a predator, but that was really more Gabrielle Union's role in this film. So okay. I'll hold off. Technically, yes, but let's not spread that rumor. I Patrick attempts to woo Cat, and she shuts him down hard. Cameron decides to first do some research about cats so they can tailor Patrick's personality to... Okay, this this feels problematic, right? Yes. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah very much. Uh, Patrick becomes Cat's type, and between him asking and her sister's nagging, she finally goes to a party with him. So Bianca's elated to go to her first high school rager, only to find out what we all did. They are not as fun as in the movie. <laughs> really not, kids. Overrated. <laughs> Cameron also learns that all his hard work of manipulating Cat doesn't pay off when Bianca is interested in the popular jerk from school and not him. Okay, same comment as Jay earlier, but to Joseph Gordon-Levitt for life. And also, it only didn't pay <laughs> off for a little while because once Bianca figures out that the fucking rich Jockefeller asshole and Gabrielle <laughs> Union are going to hook up, it really points out what a good guy that Cameron is. Yeah, Let's not address the whole Australian prostitution ring thing they're doing, right? Yeah! Yeah. Speaking of, Cat gets <laughs> drunk and loose enough for a moment to let her guard down and let Patrick into her little heart. And mm. more importantly, let her shot back out into his shoes. Gross. I mean, on, oh. not in. They let were closed yeah, toes. Uh, that was good. Keep that. On the way home, Cat makes a move on Patrick, but he turns her down because listen sweetie nobody likes barf breath yeah you've made that, out with me fair. after i barf but i don't think you knew <laughs> you're gross i am <laughs> i do it again oh would. i know so cheap <laughs> <laughs> so cat's back to hating patrick which might have been the end of it but the earl of grey poupon wants to take her sister to the prom 
so he ups the payload. Patrick finds himself falling for Kat. Bianca finds herself falling for the timid Cameron. I don't know why. And both the girl's dad finds his <laughs> hair falling out by the time prom night comes. He can spray it back on Dave. He was watching the commercial of how to that, that unlocked a memory for me. For I remember <laughs> that commercial with the spray on hair for balding men and women. Even it, at the time, it was like not good. You watch the commercial and like that's not that's you're spray painting your head, man. You know what? Listen, it gave hope to the hopeless. It gave hope to the hopeless, and 20 years later, we got to see those hopeless people's heads melting in front of a lawn and garden store. <laughs> so, like, actions have consequences. And just a quick note here, Larry Miller plays the girl's dad, and he is just a light in this world of a film. He yes, he is. is a light That's in every fair. film he's in. I have a whole rant about him. Prom night comes and starts wonderfully. Wonderfully. Kat and Pat dance the night away. Bianca and Cameron fall for each other. And it leaves the rich douche alone with Gabrielle Union. And they're mad about it. Which is weird. Because he's a victim. So he confronts Patrick, revealing their deal in front of Kat. Affirming her earlier suspicions of Patrick's affection. Not satisfied, Richie Dick reveals he was planning on banging Bianca that night. And Punches out Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's a sin. <laughs> Controversial opinion. About 85% of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's characters, if they were played by a fat, unattractive kid, would be incel characters. Yes, and James Marsden. Yeah. Duh, you yeah. could say that really about that's any man in Hollywood. Dave, that's not a hot fair. take. That's fair. But, like, it's just we're revisiting that now, and it's just, <laughs> that was a lot of them back then. Much to the douche's surprise, though, it looks like Bianca's picked up some of Kat's second wave literature because she punches him out in the middle of the dance to go home early so that she'd go sailing in the morrow or whatever. Fancy. And Kat officially hates Patrick, but you know what they say. There's a thin line. Am I right? Ah? Eh? Ah? Eh? She reveals in Shakespeare class all the things that she hates about her former amour. Only to, at the end, reveal she doesn't hate him at all, but she loves him. She runs out of the room crying. Panties. He follows her. He even gives her a guitar. And, you know, guitars settle everything. We're all gravy, baby. Pan to the ska band on the roof of the school because, Hell yeah. fuck you, it's 1999. Y2K's about to end us all. We might yes. as well go out this way. Because we yeah. never had to knock on wood. And then 9-11 I happened. <laughs> and I do every morning. So 10 Things I Hate About You is is paradigmatic of the kind of movies that promised me what high school was going to be like, right? And what I learned watching all of those movies, especially 10 Things I Hate About You, is that they fucking lied to me. I mean, I'm over it now, but fuck you movies, because this is not what high school is like. I mean, that party looked lame as fuck, and that's pretty accurate. (laughs) That's quite accurate. accurate. Jay, you said the, the high school this was filmed at only has like 1,500 students? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, something like 1,400 is the number that I saw. Yeah, that is that is nowhere near enough students to be able to maintain the kind of stratification of societies were shown in this film. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. You just, it's also, just like, not sustainable, man. You have, like, two people per click if that's how hard you're going <laughs> to go on it. Also, like, the alumni must be giving a shit ton of money to that school if it's a public school and the poors can afford to go because I... As an adult, I could not afford to go to that high school. 
So did you go to school in a cool old building? No, not at all. The high school that I ended up graduating from was a fucking one-story boring school, and it only... Actually, I think it had about the same amount of people. Dave and I the same. It was a one-story, and I can guarantee the bathroom ceiling still leaks when it rains, and more frighteningly enough, it leaks when it doesn't rain, which is upsetting, because what is that wetness? Frequently. I did before uh, before I joined your school system, Casey. I I went to middle school in a hundred and twenty year old building. Um, what was that and, like? Uh, given that that was in Maine, it appropriately looked like something out of a Stephen King novel. It Good, yeah, that's awful. I was really into Stephen King in middle school, so that would have scared the fuck out of me, especially being in Maine. I had an English class in the basement of that building, and no. if you told me that no. they used that room for the setting of a scene in a Saw film, I would 100% believe it and say it was appropriate <laughs> casting. It did not. It was a horrifying building. They stopped using it as a school the year I went there, and I played taps at the closing of the school, which in <laughs> retrospect is a weird... You play that when people die. Die, yeah. like people in the military. Yeah. You don't just pay the, play role. that at, like, Uncle Weirdo's funeral. Like, it, it's... Uh, okay. Was it a military school? Uh, that was my... It would have been fifth grade. So they had a fifth grader play taps. Cool. At the closing of a 120-year-old school. So... Dave, 10 Things I Hate About You's Old School has now given you drama, and you're going to spend the rest of the day thinking about I am the thinking about a lot playing. of things I haven't in a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good Sunday to really just self-reflect. I liked in this movie that they had some teachers that were real characters. My personal favorite is the guidance counselor who is balancing her busy work-school life of trying to reach these kids and also reach readers to get them to reach orgasm by writing filthy novels on her <laughs> shitty 1999 MacBook and about Reginald's engorged member and him sliding <laughs> his milky or sliding his hand up Susan's milky white thighs or whatever the fuck she was writing. <laughs> it was perfect though. It was like Fabio romance novel trash. She even pauses like disciplinary moments so that she can finish her thought before she has to yeah. have a conversation with a student and also possibly get some inspiration from them. Not possibly. She uses words that come up in her <laughs> disciplinary meetings and then rewrites her manuscript. And Casey, slight correction. You said she's the guidance counselor. She's I thought the that too till I read. Yeah. She's the fucking principal of yeah. the school. Okay, cool. And they can is guide very you. bad at her job because every student that's sent to her for discipline, she just gives some little half-ass like, "Now cut it out, you! Now scoot!" <laughs> and she hates kids. Like she calls them little asswipes and everything. No, she's the perfect woman for the job. Yeah, she yeah. hates Come those on, kids. You gotta Clearly hate those kids. kids to reach them. Uh, right, and that's my my favorite instructor is Mr. Morgan, who is like the English slash drama teacher. I don't know. They're doing a bunch of Shakespeare shit because it's a, it's a Shakespeare movie. And he's just real. He talks about how the douche is a douche and nobody likes him. And when he gets fucking punched, he has a grand fucking story about it. He also really supports Kat in being a bitch to him, but also yeah. points out like, 
wow, it must really be hard being an upper middle class white woman in Tacoma, Washington, <laughs> right, or wherever right. the fuck they're at. He's like, yeah, you're really in the struggle. And also rips on the Rasta, the white Rasta group, too. He's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, yeah. he was probably the best teacher. Absolutely. Because when he talks about the black struggle, the white Rastas are like, tell him, man. And he's like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Which is beautiful. Which is fucking beautiful. I also, I really, I really dug his energy though. Because if I were going to teach fucking high school, that's how I would treat high school students. Because they're all fucking terrible. You just tell them how stupid they are and how dumb they are. And, you know, it probably makes them tougher or something. I'd be like Rad from uh, that 70s show. Okay, you don't get to yell at me for being pro let's hit these kids a little because it helped me as a child. (laughs) No, you don't get to be against me and have that fucking standing... I, you know what though? I, I mean, think I would be more like the gym teacher if I was any of them. The one that picks on the super paranoid high kid to get their weed and then also steal someone else's Cheetos. I'm like, I'm going to want that after the weed for sure. That was 100%. a brilliant strategy. That yes. was a brilliant strategy. Before we move on from Mr. Morgan, I do have to point out my favorite thing about him, which is not anything in the actual film we're shown. Uh, he's played by a guy named Daryl Mitchell, but in this film, he had himself credited as Daryl Chill. Chill. Yeah. Because 1999 yeah. was just great. It was wild. know how good we had Smash it. Mouth he's was a- ruling the airwaves, you know? He uses that same moniker in Inside Man as Daryl Chill. Of course. <laughs> Got to. Of course. I love oh, it. And he fucking raps Shakespeare, and it's fucking dope. It's he not. He drops two bars of Shakespeare. Yeah, I love oh, it. Yeah. Shut up. It's, Shut up. It's I love it. not. You are so fucking it. cringe Look, right now. I, I love it as well, but it is not dope. It's, it's not dope. I would say it's super fly because it's dated as fuck and very <laughs> try. Try hard. Oh, try hard, die hard. Oh, you hit me hard. Also, me. the woman who played the principal did a Instagram live interview during which somebody tweeted a clip of this movie to her. It was the line of her saying, I've got students to discipline and novels to finish. And she literally was like, I don't remember what this was from. What was I in that this oh. is from? She did not remember I mean, doing she had such movie. a small part in it. I honestly wish yeah. that she was in it more. Her and Agreed. the dad. Oh my God! The Stratford sisters' dad, Larry, what's his last name? Miller. Uh, Miller. Larry Miller is a fucking gem in a this gem. movie. Yeah. And I realized watching him, like, he is what Dan Aykroyd wants to be. Come across acting like. Oh. He, you yeah. know what I mean? Like he, Dan right, Aykroyd's better right. than Dan Aykroyd. Let's actually just like remove Dan Aykroyd and have Larry Miller play all of his parts because he's a much better actor. He was a fucking he lit up the screen every time he was on it. The fact that he's an obstetrician raising two (laughs) teenage daughters, his wife ran out on him. He's so terrified they're going to get pregnant and, quote, ruin their future because it's 1999. We've never heard of abortion, especially when your dad's a pussy doctor. And he just Okay, he's prime elbow example. Deep in placenta, Casey. He says this is what keeps him <laughs> up at night because he's elbow deep in placenta every day. The girls want to go on a date and he makes his youngest daughter wear one of those fucking pregnancy bellies with the like lead tits and gut that the men are supposed to wear. Like, this is why your wife is pissed all the time because her fucking back hurts. 
if my mom had one, she would have made me wear one. Oh, yeah. She absolutely would have made you wear that. Absolutely. Most definitely. But like most of our parents from those days needed therapy. So, yes. And so Casey, bad. damn you, because you've now got me in my head constructing this Venn diagram of Larry Miller, Dan, Dan Aykroyd, Aykroyd, and John Lovitz. Oh! Because there's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. add him in there, add him in there, and you start seeing how You're the right. circles line up. So who did Dan Aykroyd know? He should, really, he should have been skipped. Yeah, we didn't need him. We didn't need we him. Didn't we didn't need him. We had Larry. did from John Lovitz or Larry Miller. Yeah, John Lovitz could have done all the SNL shit, and then Larry Miller should have just done all the film shit. <laughs> Hashtag remove Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Let's edit him out. We're going to take old Dan Aykroyd movies, right? Like Spies Like Us. And we're just going to have Larry Miller do all the yeah, lines. We'll, and we'll just we'll deep fake him, him into, into it. it. And deep fake right. him right. into it. And right. I feel right. like just... Coneheads would be better with John Lovitz. Agree. I think yeah, I think it should depe- depend on the movie. But yeah, no, let's let's hashtag cancel Dan Aykroyd. He didn't do anything. Maybe. I mean, he's it's just going to be our new spinoff podcast. We're going to go through <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's film career one by one and decide if this one goes to John Lovitz or if it goes yes. to <laughs> I'm so ready for that. And pitch any changes needed to the film. We'll call it fixing Dan Aykroyd. Erasing Dan Aykroyd. We're not Erasing. fixing him. There's no fixing him. <laughs> Erasing Dan Aykroyd's so much better. It sounds like a weird chasing Amy. Like, I, right. I don't want yeah. yeah. Good, good. Or like one of those weird new true crime okay. podcasts. What, what, ha- I, I don't, maybe it's because I'm old and disconnected, but what happened to White Rastas? Are they still a thing? Because yes. they were like God, huge in the 90s. And they're called Wooks now. They're in the EDM scene. They don't pay for any of their own food and drugs. They're a bunch of mooches. They grow their hair out. They have beards now. Yeah, they're still around. I was white Rasta yeah. adjacent in high school. White yeah, Rastas no, they're were always now. more into the... They they weren't really in it for the Rasta part of it. It was more <laughs> just the accoutrements that came with it. So they've changed up the costume. Listen, I got to point out something that really bothered me in this film as a high school girl, I'm going to say the most unrealistic thing about this whole ass movie is the fact that Cat Stratford was allowed to have six inches of fucking midriff showing and wear tank tops to school. Because even a three finger thick tank top band, you're still going to get that giant t-shirt, the cover your body t-shirt you get from detention. There's no fucking way. We are much better at policing women's bodies than that. Shame on I'm, you, oh, film. Shame. I, I, I agree with you, but hold on. Wait. What are you talking about, the T-shirt of shame? Oh, we had this giant T-shirt. It was like 4XL. If you were caught wearing a spaghetti strap tank top and you didn't have something to put on it, they'd give you this like giant like prison-style T-shirt that was smelled like the last kid that had to wear it. They never fucking washed. That you would have to wear instead because... God forbid, those horny, horny shoulders. Yeah. Also, I need to point out the point of the film that triggered everyone, even one that's not a band nerd. Jay, you weren't in band, but Dave and I was were. And 
There's a scene, the most famous scene, where Heath Ledger is singing to Cat and involves the high school band to give him a little instrumental backup. And there's all sorts of... Pro- okay, first of all, it's accurate because it is a high school band and everyone's form is shit. No one's marching yeah. in time. Yeah. That triggered no. the fuck out of me. I used to be a drum major. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jay and Dave were triggered about the trombones playing to the ground. Your audience isn't dead. They're not six feet under. You're not playing to the fucking grave. Come on. I actually went back and rewatched it right before we started recording just to bring up your drum major in Casey. And because like, oh, I'm sure the marching is way too uh, good for something that they have allegedly just been roped into by Heath Ledger. But no, it's like a. It's like a 10-yard march. Nobody's in time. <laughs> Very They're, accurate. It's, it's, it, that was spot on for just grabbing the band kids and pulling them I want to complain. I want to complain. I never got a drum major pimp cane. Why did no one trust me with the silver trum, drum major pimp cane that you was wide why. at the end that would be perfect for swinging to the back of the knees of certain That's percussionists? Exactly why. That's exactly God why. God damn it. I realize my Nobody brother has that. his senior pictures. He has the pimp cane. When I was a, a drum major, I never got the pimp cane. Bullshit. Right. Nope. Do you know how many times I had to tell my trumpets, listen, I'm not going to let her hit you. I do need you to get your shit together. <laughs> And guess what? They kind of marched on time. We should bring it back. You can hit those kids if you're also a kid. Did you hit them, Case? I hit everyone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to. You got so to. So why didn't they give you the pimp cane? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> questions here. I, I could get more at a greater distance. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? You can lead an yeah. abusive horse clearly, to water, but <laughs> clearly the band instructor wasn't worried about the efficiency of your ability to abuse the other band members. I have a question. One of the bits that I think Ten Things I Hate About You does that's good comedic relief is like the the really wild off the cuff accidents that happen, sort of in the background that that really should be serious but are just kind of treated. So, for example. There's a spot where Bianca's about to shoot an arrow and she gets distracted at the last minute and it goes into the instructor's ass. Or there's a spot where Larry Miller is using resistance bands and he lets it go and it flies (laughs) through a neighbor's window. Right. And they're good moments to like offset some, some seriousness. Why don't we use that anymore? I miss that trope. Here's the best part is they referred to it later because with the teacher in that, the arrow in the ass, he's the detention teacher so when he steals the weed and the the cheetos and goes to sit down at his desk he winces uh when larry miller accidentally throws his armband into his neighbor's yard at the end of the scene when he gets done arguing with his daughter his neighbor throws it in his hot tub he's like thanks dale like they always refer back to it's it's not just a throwaway like they at least they set it up to acknowledge it again later that's good bit comedy that's really good bit comedy because because the scene, you know, it's supposed to be ridiculous. Of course, it would be a really serious thing if that happened. And that's why it's good comedy. Listen, comparing it to last week, Van Wilder 2, anything they set up, they either immediately <laughs> used or just never did again. And also, like, that was shot like a fucking, I'm going to say a Zyrtec commercial. Where at least this, they tried different <laughs> angles. They tried to use the set to tell a story. They tried to use yeah. costume to tell a story. When like 
Bianca's made to feel like a powerless little girl. They have her like change into like ruffle socks and patent leather shoes and like a poodle skirt and shit. Like she's not going to be a little girl yeah. forever. Like they actually kind of tried to put time and thought into things, you know, compared to the fucking turd you brought last week, Dave. I'm just saying. Casey's right. The cinematography in this does really kick it up a notch. They they actually like when he throws down a bunch of flyers for Bogie Lowenstein's party and they frame it from the bottom of a stairwell spinning as they fall in slow motion. That's cool looking. It's not original. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not original. But it looks good. Sure, it looks cool. They did a this thing. This is not American Beauty. What is this adding <laughs> to the film beyond like, wow, good shot, thumbs up, and then? Okay, it's not. She's all that either. You know what I mean? Like it could have been a, a <laughs> shitty teen movie. Right. Like she's all that of just like, look, they took her glasses off. Now she's hot. Now like she's hot. it. It wasn't just completely straightforward. They they took a couple detours here and there. listen. I'm also not saying that this is Hitchcockian whatsoever, but my God, they put <laughs> right. a little more fucking effort into it. It's 1999. Yeah, Barbie capitalism, feminism, baby. Dave, what about the, the dolly zoom that they do on the principal while she's writing smut? While she's, she's having a crisis about what diction to use for her smut, and they dolly zoom on her, and it's Swollen? over melodramatic. It's so turgid, Right. I think engorged? we had a... I think we had a costume director and a director of photography that started yeah. to go mad from boredom and <laughs> snuck a few things in. I'm just saying that that doesn't excuse Good. the wider film. I feel like we've talked about all the things we hate about this movie. So at this point, there's only one question left. Dave, 1999's 10 Things I Hate About You, would you watch it again? Oh, God. Yes, I would, but I'm not sure if anyone else should. <laughs> Like, if you were a teenager in the late 90s, early aughts era, there's a lot of nostalgia here for you because you were who this film was made for. But I don't think the rest of it has aged well enough that there's much here for other people to go back and watch it. You know, I mean, Julia Stiles is great in this, but I'm just going to put myself on blast here and say that if you are attracted to Julia Stiles' character in this, you also have some weird stuff mixed up with Janine Garofalo and Daria and that whole imagery of the era. And like, no hate, coming from a place of love. I'm in that number. So... (laughs) I was just thinking about me! Good! Good, Dave! So, uh, yes, I would watch it again, but I don't really know if that's a good thing. Or not. Okay. Maybe it's something I need to re-examine about myself. I don't know. Casey, how about you? I know that you watched this back when it came out, but this is probably your first time revisiting it in a while. So coming back to 1999's 10 Things I Hate About You, would you watch it again? I was very nervous to watch this film because I remember loving the fuck out of it. Late 90s, <laughs> early aughts. I have watched this movie. At that and never been kissed. Many, many, many times. Um, Freddie Prince Jr. But mm, another movie with a lot of He's not in that. He's not no? in Never Been Kissed. No. no. It's Michael Vartan, you stupid bitch. Um, yeah. No, I was, I was very nervous to come back and watch this movie um, because it's been 20 years and I loved it then. I didn't really remember a lot about it. And I have to argue, 
I don't think this is a bad movie. Fuck you. I don't think this is a bad movie. What? I don't think it counts as shitty cinema. What? Even the ska band was good. I don't know what? what's happening. I hate that I love this. And honestly, I don't really have any criticisms for this film. It's it's my blind spot. Yeah, I would watch this again. I think it wow. holds up. I think it ages well. I think Man. it's kind of like Romeo plus Juliet, where it's uh, in its own lane. Oh. I'm not going to say it's as good as, but I would say... For a teen movie, digestible for young adults, yeah, I would absolutely watch this again. Jay, it comes down to you. You dealt it. Will you smelt it? 1999's <laughs> 10 Things I Hate About You. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Would you watch it again? Dave, Dave is right that, that I did have a thing for Julia Stiles. Is that whole archetype? Yes, mm -hmm. I'm into it. And what um, you married. no shame. And, <laughs> and, and I'm going to push back on you, Casey there. I think that 10 things I hate about you does have some elements of shitty movie. It has some tropes in it, some archetypes. It pushes back on some, uh, some really corny things. And yeah, I have a lot of love for it, but that's also because it's very reminiscent of my childhood. It hits all those nostalgia boxes. I don't know that it's really a good movie, even though I did have in, an enjoyable time watching it and a different framing as an adult. That being said, I don't like romantic comedies a ton. I tend to find them kind of flat. I don't really get into teen movies either anymore. I tend to not give a shit about their fucking prob problems. I have a tough time associating with that. And I found myself strangely compelled and enjoyable and even the romantic comedy and the problematic elements. And I... Love all of the music in this, and I laughed a lot, and I made fun of the characters, and yeah, I'm gonna watch it again. I don't know. Maybe it's not a shitty movie. I really liked it. I don't know what that says about me. Maybe it's it's my childhood coming back to haunt me. So, the verdict is in. Three out of three of us are gonna watch 10 Things I Hate About You again. I guess go back and watch it and see if maybe our 90s hood has tainted us and just made us into the creatures oh, I'm that we sure. are today. It, it I'm sure it's that. 100%. Let us know. If you're younger, you're older. I'd love to see an older person's take. You know, someone that's like uh, 10 or 15 years older than me is just telling me how fucking stupid I am for loving 10 things I hate about you. I think they're going to be like, no, it's a good movie. I think the younger generation is going to be like, what the fuck are you guys on about? So 10 things I hate about you closes out school sucks month. We're done. We're moving on. Casey, what's going on next week? It's spooky Halloween time. You know, things are getting a little too thick and sticky hot around here, so we're going to need that hollowed ween to get the airflow going. <laughs> so we're going to be watching <laughs> all things awful and spooky. Yeah, Dave, I see your face. Yeah. And I am bringing a movie bad. suggested by Cinemite, Tits McGee. She wants us to watch Dolls from 1986, I think. It's 80s. I've it's, seen this movie. I haven't, and I'm so excited oh. because she watched it and said she did not stop laughing, like scream laughing the whole way through. So I'm very excited. To I think just this entire cast is like six people. Good. I wonder if they voiced the dolls too. Oh, I don't know. They probably also had to work the craft food service table if there was one or it was like potluck lunch every day. But yeah. In the meantime, <laughs> follow us on social media, Facebook at sh.ttycinema, Twitter at Bad Movies, Bad People, PPL, Instagram at Casey.cinema, Patreon slash Shitty Cinema, 
or shittycinema.com. Check the description below if you didn't catch all that. And if you want to help us out, give us a thumbs up on Facebook or share this podcast with friends. In the meantime, let's turn out the lights, put on some platform flip-flops, and try not to barf on a dead guy's shoes. Uh-huh.